The best way to get treatment if you're addicted to drugs in Missouri is to get pregnant. You are listening to Addiction Support Podcast, episode number 31. Hi, Oak Creek Wellness family. Welcome to Addiction Support Podcast, where I talk with inspiring people who share their knowledge and experience of addiction and what's working for them. This is addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Addiction Support Podcast. If this is your first time with us, welcome. My name is Melissa Sue Tucker and I am your host. I originally had recorded a post for you guys letting you know what was going on in my life. My brother is back in jail and he did ask for support. He said that he wants to stay in contact with me this time, which is totally different before when he's gone and he's never even called me. And so I've talked to him probably three times, maybe more since he's been in this time. Just totally different. And I'm so, oh my gosh, I have chills. I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful for the fact that when he got out last time, I was able to have a conversation, just tell him I love him and I want a relationship with him. So that's cool. And this is something new. So if anybody else out there is listening is in my shoes, just know that maybe taking a different approach and not getting as emotionally wrapped up into it and not letting your life be dictated by it, but just letting someone know that you love them and coming from that unconditional love place really has created something different for me this time around. So that's pretty exciting. I had originally recorded this long rant about some really terrible service I had with the video visitation provider. They, I had paid for 20 minutes and they had only given me about four minutes and then gave me some runaround about not being able to refund me any of the money or give me a credit. I had to print something out and fax it in and I was really, still am, um, upset about that because you know, the $7 or whatever it was, it's not, you know, I'm blessed. It's not a big deal to me, but my goodness, like think about all the people that have someone they love that's in jail, that that is a big deal to them. And then the idea of printing out a form and faxing it in to hopefully get your refund when you don't get the time that you're supposed to get that you paid for, like, that's just a big pain. And a lot of people don't have those resources. They don't have a fax machine. I don't have a fax machine. And so when you think about that, those companies are really stealing from other people. They're stealing from people that are hardworking, that are, you know, doing what they can to keep their self together, their life together. And it's just, it makes me very mad, but you guys don't deserve to hear that rant. So I've decided to start all over the podcast anyway, and record something that will hopefully be beneficial to you. So this week I'm not interviewing anybody. I actually have a newspaper clip from the LA Times that my dear friend printed out and sent to me. She's somebody that's been involved with nonprofits and her own causes over the years. So I think that she understands that at times it can be difficult. So I got this really great note where she was just encouraging me to keep going. And I really appreciate that because especially right now with things that are going on with my brother, I've taken a step back and wondered, you know, if what I'm doing even makes a difference. And I know it does. I know it does for me. I know it does for you. But there are times when I question that. So what I'm going to do this time around is share with you the newspaper article that she sent, because maybe there's something that will spark some type of inspiration or some thoughts for you. And then I'm also going to let you guys know about a resource that I found in Arizona and what I'm getting involved with next with the governor's office. You know, hopefully... I'll be able to make a change that way. I I look at this sometimes and I go on these 
crazy rants with my husband. It's like, oh, I just feel like I need to be able to make a change. I want to be able to bring some really successful rehab and treatments to the U.S. So I found one in Italy that has a 70 plus percent success rate and it's completely different treatment facility. The minimum that people go in for though is two years. And the average time I think I read was like five years that they stay in for their treatment, but they're just having a lot of success and it's free. It's free to the people that have addiction. It's free to the family members. And so the way that they make their money is they have this community and everybody has a job and they contribute financially that way. And then they also take donations. So I really love that. That seems like a really big, overwhelming project. That's definitely not something I'm able to do on my own. And I reached out to my friend Haley, who I had on a few episodes back. I'll link to that in the show notes and just asked her, you know, this is my situation with my brother. He now, he wants treatment. He said that when he gets out of jail, he wants to go straight to rehab. And so I'm like, you know, what resources are available? My family doesn't have $30,000 or $50,000 a month to put somebody in rehab. So she gave me a few resources to look into. And if you guys have any resources I can look into, let me know because I'd be happy to share that with everyone. But I did find some state resources that we're going to be able to look into and some meetings that I'm going to get involved with and hopefully be able to make a change where I am for the people who I can and for my brother. And then, you know, hopefully that has a ripple effect. I will be taking you guys on that journey with me. So let me just read to you this newspaper article because I think it's interesting. Obamacare fight leaves states worse off an opioid crisis. That's the title. And then the sub is Missouri and others that refuse to expand Medicaid now have less money to help addicts recover. And this is by Noam N. Levy. Even if the heroin and prescription opioid crisis deepens nationally, Thousands of poor patients with addiction cannot get treatment in states where political leaders have opposed the Affordable Care Act. Those patients are languishing on waiting lists for recovery programs or unable to get medication to combat addiction because they can't afford prescriptions, according to health officials nationwide. Poor adults in states that expanded Medicaid through the health law have access to medical insurance and a way to pay for addiction treatment. But 19 states, all with Republican governors or legislatures, have rejected federal aid to expand Medicaid eligibility, essentially making coverage available only to poor children, pregnant women, and seniors. The best way to get treatment if you're addicted to drugs in Missouri is to get pregnant, said Dr. Joe Parks, director of the state's Medicaid program, which has not been expanded. Medicaid expansions would bring billions of federal dollars into Missouri and other states, but opposition is fierce in GOP-controlled legislatures, where lawmakers argue Medicaid is unaffordable. That has left Missouri trying to cobble together money for addiction recovery programs from other federal grants and state tax revenue. Those funds are limited, however, and waiting lists remain long for many programs, state officials say. Missouri had the 16th highest rate of opioid overdose deaths in 2014, according to a recent analysis by nonprofit Kaiser Family Foundation. Not expanding Medicaid has been a tragedy, said Mark Stinger, the state's mental health director. 
the opioid crisis fed by a widespread abuse of prescription painkillers and inexpensive heroin has been linked to the rising mortality rates and has been responsible for nearly 29,000 overdose deaths in 2014, according to federal data. In Nebraska, another state that has rejected the Medicaid expansion, First Step Recovery, an addiction clinic in Lincoln, routinely sees uninsured patients drop out and relapse because they can't afford a sustained treatment program, said Jared Ray, the clinic's substance abuse director. A 30-day supply of Suboxone, what a leading addiction medication, costs $353, Ray said, and a year of treatment, including medications, medical appointments, and drug counseling can run as high as $10,000, even with hefty discounts the clinics offer to uninsured patients. It's damn near impossible for many people to get the service they need, he said. Many of these patients would be eligible for Medicaid coverage if the state expanded eligibility through the federal health law. It is difficult to estimate how many poor, uninsured Americans with substance abuse disorders could qualify for Medicaid coverage in the 19 non-expansion states, but federal data suggests that there are likely several hundred thousand. Historically, most states funded addiction programs through a kind of charity system, as many patients lacked health coverage and couldn't afford methadone, buprenorphine, and other so-called medication-assisted treatments that are recommended for patients seeking to end their dependence on heroin or prescription painkillers. But without the steady funding that health insurance, like Medicaid, provides, addiction programs across the country were frequently overwhelmed, especially as the current epidemic intensified. We are always having to turn people away, said Dr. Olson, medical director at the Institute for Behavioral Resources, a large treatment center in Baltimore. Expanding Medicaid as Marilyn has done, hasn't removed all of the obstacles to getting patients needed care. In many states, addiction services are still poorly coordinated and few specialists are available to oversee treatment. And some Medicaid programs still don't cover the full range of medication treatments. But Olson said that as Medicaid coverage has expanded, more patients have come in who wouldn't have tried to quit previously because it was so difficult to get into a program. Now patients have more options as new addiction clinics are opening. In Massachusetts, another state that guarantees coverage, addiction specialists at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston have seen a similar improvement in access, said Dr. Sarah Wakeman, who runs the hospital's substance abuse disorder initiative. Before, medications were just prohibitively expensive, said Wakeman, noting that buprenorphine Sorry, guys. And naloxone, another common medication for addiction, weren't even an option for most uninsured patients seeking treatment for addiction. Today, nearly half the patients who come in through the program are on Medicaid, which often offers better coverage for addiction medications than do some private health plans, she said. On Capitol Hill, Republicans are promising new aid to states to battle what many lawmakers are calling an addiction epidemic. And senior lawmakers from the House and Senate are working on legislation that would strengthen federal support for addiction treatment efforts around the country. Among other things, the legislation would expand prescription drug monitoring programs and support programs to identify inmates in the criminal justice system with substance abuse disorders. And it would expand the availability of naloxone, a drug often used by police and other first responders to reverse overdoses. 
But Republican lawmakers championing the substance abuse bills have said nothing about Medicaid coverage, which most GOP lawmakers have pledged to roll back as part of their campaign to repeal the Affordable Care Act. That leans one of the most important tools off the table, said Dr. R. Corey Waller, a Michigan addiction specialist and senior official at the American Society of Addiction Medicine. In states that have expanded Medicaid, this legislation is going to be very helpful, Waller said. Everywhere else, it's just window dressing. All right. So after reading through the article, I went and I did some research to find out which states are expanding, which states are considering it, which ones are not. So as of the time of this recording and the information that I found, this is what I put together. You can come back to the show notes, addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash episode 31, and you can see a map also get more information on these two states that are currently considering expansion are Alabama and South Dakota. So if you live in one of those states and you have someone in your life or you yourself are impacted by addiction and it's something that you would like your state to be able to provide support for on a greater level, um, reach out to your governor's office and let them know that you want them to go ahead and expand Medicaid. One thing that I realized, you guys, with getting the and bill passed in Arizona was that there aren't a whole lot of people that actually call their governor's office or actually call down and talk to the people in those offices. The ones that do, a lot of times there's phone blitzes or whatever, and they don't even know what they're talking about. But if you call up and you say, hey, I want to leave a message for governor, you know, whoever your governor is, and it let them know that I want them to expand this bill, and these are the reasons why, they will listen to you. And if you get a few people to do that, they're going to stand up and listen because they're not getting a lot of that. And really, ultimately, at the end of the day, I believe that people that are in our you know, government are there because they want to, on some level, take care of the people that they represent. There are a lot of shady things going on with politics. I'm not going to get into any of that or all of that, but I will tell you that these people are doing this on some level because they love their state and they love the people in their state. You guys have to get involved if you want to make a difference. And this is how you pick up the phone and you call their office. So the 17 states that are not expanding at this time, Florida, big shocker there. Florida is not expanding at this time. Florida, you know, one of the states that has a huge addiction problem is not going to get the funds to be able to treat it or is going to have more problems. Uh, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Maine, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Wisconsin, as well as Wyoming. So if you live in one of those states and you feel like having additional care for addiction is something that's important to you, then I would go ahead and reach out to your governor's office and have that conversation with them and also get involved. Let people, let your friends and your family know, let people on Facebook and whatever social media you're on know what's going on. People honestly so busy and have so many things going on. They just don't even know. One thing to consider I've seen this firsthand in my family. I am not making this up. If our states do not get involved with a treatment and recovery options and something that's available for people, readily available and easily available for people to get treatment, you will have more crime. You will have more people in prison, in out of prison. And my experience has been every time that I've seen one of my brothers go into prison, they come out harder and more advanced in their skills as far as dealing on a criminal level than before they went in. 
I have not seen one person go into jail, go into prison and come out being a model citizen or come out being a better version of themselves. I just have not seen it happen. I've heard of it happening. I haven't seen it happening. So trust me, you guys do not want this epidemic growing. You do not want more people going into prison because of drugs. You just get on the phone. If you have people that you love that live in those states, let them know what's going on. If we don't share this information, you guys, then nobody's going to know. And those states are going to be left out, but it's not too late. They can go ahead and change that. People just have to get involved and share what they want. And it's not hard. It's actually a lot of fun. So I'm going to let you guys know what I'm doing. I don't know. Sometimes this can be hard and you just don't know where to start. But my friend Haley shared with me this website for Arizona. It's substanceabuse.az.gov. And and going through there, first of all, I'm going to tell you how pissed off I am. So apparently in Arizona, the substance abuse task force or whatever, people that are working on this, are under the governor's office of youth, faith, and family. Let me just tell you guys how much this gets under my skin. I think just by reading that, it implies to me that the state of Arizona and Governor Ducey do not see addiction as a medical issue, even though the ADA says it is, even though addiction is a disease and there are a lot of mental health disorders and diseases that often go along and are untreated when it comes to addiction. Arizona thinks this is a faith issue or a family issue. It's not Arizona. It's a medical issue. This should probably be put under a medical, you know, office. Now, it looks like monthly, there are a few trainings and workshops and events that the governor's office has coming on. So by the time this podcast actually comes out, because I'm recording on Tuesday, so Wednesday, I'm going down to the prevention and early intervention work group meeting, which is at the governor's office of youth theme. Uh, youth, faith and family downtown Phoenix. And then, so it looks like there's a few more coming up in July and August and there's some trainings online and there's some ways to get grants and resources. So I'm really excited that Haley shared this website with me because I feel like this is my next step and what I can do next. So I'll be keeping you guys in the loop as I go along. Hopefully, you know, some part of you is inspired to get involved in your state or your city, your community somehow to bring a solution to this really huge epidemic that we have that's going on. It's going to take all of us working together. It's not going to be one person that's going to be able to do it, even though I would like to think that I could just single-handedly fix this problem. So I hope that you guys decide to go look and see what substance abuse task force might be available in your state or in your city. And hopefully you'll get involved, even if it's just one day a month, even if it's just one day every six months, uh, getting involved, we can all do our part to help, you know, find a solution to this crazy problem that's taking over. So that's all I have for you this week. Uh, Sandy, love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring me to get back on the horse. And you guys, thank you for being there and listening. Please share this episode if you have anybody that you feel might benefit from it. And let's, you know, let me know what you're doing in your state or your city to bring more solutions to this insane problem. Until next time, I see you surrounded with light and love. I love you. And we're going to get through this together. Bye, guys. For listening to the Addiction Support Podcast, addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. www.addictionsupportpodcast.com. <laughs>